Dan Malecki joins me now. How are you, Dan? I'm very well. Looking forward to a huge night on oh. Saturday night, Sean. I was, I can't remember, and look, I'll stand totally corrected here, of a race meeting of any code anywhere, probably in the world, where every race, and 12 of them, is a group one. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's unparalleled as far as that is concerned. Uh, it's a massive night. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, race 1's a group 1, race 12's a group 1 and yeah. everything in between. But it's a fabulous night. They get a huge crowd at Melton. It's a night that has evolved over a number of years. And uh, you'll be shocked at, at how many people actually get mm. to the track. There's fireworks on and after the last. They're not necessarily a harness racing crowd. I think that's where harness racing Victoria need to work in... Uh, uh, trying to educate some of the people there, whether it be with a big screen, an MC and the like, um, because they're there for the whole night. And, and uh, whatever crowd you get on Hunter Cup night, double it. And that's what you get New Year's Eve at sure. Nelson. And the other good thing when you go along, you're going to see the superstars in action too. There's some brilliant uh, you know, paces and square gators going around. Yeah, absolutely. There's six uh, of the pacing finals and six of the trotting finals for those aged two, three, and four. And you're absolutely right. Um, the stars that come through right from the uh, the two-year-old trotting fillies, it's the first race on the card, but I'm really taken with the uh, the depth and the quality of the two-year-old fillies this year. I think overall they're a bit better than the Colts in the two-year-old uh, division, uh, and they're, they're scoped to go on. Some of these have had a long season, though, uh, and they're coming towards the end of it, but there are others that are coming through it and emerging as well. So you get that terrific balance, and as you say, there is, uh, as you would expect, uh, quality horsing, the A-plus grade, uh, right through the levels, and that's why there's so many short price favourites because the horses are just that good. Well, we bounced the ball with the uh, two-year-old trotting fillings final first up and uh, rock them with attitude. It's almost put four together. It's a dollar forty at the moment. Yeah, and the run that she didn't win, that was an extraordinary performance. They went an unbelievably quick lead time in the Breeders' Crown two-year-old fillies final, and she got nabbed on that occasion and left herself vulnerable, uh, but she probably won more respect with that defeat than she did in any of her other wins. Uh, she's got a fabulous record now, winning eight of 13, and what she's got is brilliant gate speed. She's a very fast trotter at the start, and she shouldn't have much trouble at all uh, burning across to be able to lead here, uh, and that's her advantage, being in front but she's had a long season uh, I thought she uh, was solid enough at Maryborough but the main danger is going to be the horse that got close to a last time tradey lady she's only had the three starts so she's still on the up uh, she was balancing up like she was going to give Rockin' with Attitude a real fright at Maryborough, but then she trotted a bit roughly. Trady Lady and Rockin' with Attitude was able to keep going. Trady Lady picked up late, and she was pretty good. Uh, and I think the bigger track, the, when I say the bigger track, the melt and the spaces of melt and the dynamics of that track will suit Trady Lady better. And she, Look, I thought it was a flip of the coin race. Rockin' with Attitude's very short. Trady Lady's definitely the value, and I can't see anything outside those two uh, winning but Dan Malik, you're looking at the harness racing Saturday night. The second is the two-year-old trotting gelders, uh, gildings and Colts and gildings. The locomotive, fantastic. But hide and seek's an interesting one, Dan. It had two runs and a good spell, but it's come back and it looks like the penny's dropped. 
Oh, without a doubt. Um, he had his first run with Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs last start, and he is on the up, has got gate speed, and he's got a barrier draw uh, to suit one of the assets he's got. Uh, last preparation, he ran second in uh, the homegrown uh, final behind the locomotive, and he was making ground off him late. He drew the back row on that occasion, and it was only his second start. He's made rapid improvement. I've liked what I've seen of him. Uh, this preparation, he, he led from barrier seven at Charlton, so he's got the gate speed to take advantage of that good barrier draw and perhaps the advantage of his main danger, which is the locomotive, who who is the uh, rightful top seed going into the series, having won eight out of 11. He's a son of the champion mayor, like Kukarachar, and he's... Uh, He's very good as well. Uh, he's a winner at the top grade, and he's the obvious threat. Uh, those two, I think, would have to make mistakes for anything else to win. Uh, what's up party time, as the market suggests, is the next one in the market. Uh, but I think the advantage is with hide and seek. If uh, if he can utilise that barrier draw, and I expect him to, uh, he might uh, he might be able to turn the tables on the locomotive after their last meeting, which was last preparation. And hide and seek has improved uh, immeasurably. Uh, the locomotive, I think, has improved as well, but hide and seek particularly so. Right, I clear these totes. Third hills full seven amper south. The wind five ten one ninety three Randwood man one eighty one a special digger two forty and fourth nine thunderstruck. Quinella eight ninety exact to twenty two forty trifecta one hundred and fifty five thirty the four. Five hundred and four twenty. The running double ten and seven. No one got jackpot there of thirteen dollars. Moving on to the third, and uh, this is for the three-year-old trotting fillings uh, here. Kua Maya has just won beautifully inside in the front. Yeah, look, she cruised around to win her heat at Maryborough. She really is in the zone at the moment. I'm not sure she was uh, in the top one or two of the group of three-year-old trotting fillies. I always thought Revelstoke was the pick from the Anton Galino camp, but uh, uh, they've always got a good bunch of horses, and Cormier is the one that's really stepped up. Uh, she cruised around last time. Look, Barry One initially offered some um, question mark for me because she drew Barrier One in the Breeders' Crown final and she was easily beaten out, but she did trot roughly just before the start. I think as a consequence of that, she couldn't build that sort of momentum and it looked like she didn't have the gate speed because when she draws out wider, she gets off the gate pretty quickly. Uh, it hasn't been a problem. So I'm willing to forget and now I'm, I'm really warming to her. From what I saw at Maryborough, she stood out. It was a an armchair drive for, for Nathan Jack. Uh, and if she leads, she should be winning. There's a bit of pace outside of her. She's pretty quick out herself, but she's in the zone at the moment, Cormier. And again, barring bad luck or a mistake, she clearly is the one to beat. And there's a heap of other horses that have got chances to run into the placings, particularly her stablemate, Revel Stoke, who, who also was very impressive winning her heat at Maryborough, but this time has to deal with a, a big field and drawing outside of the back row. And it might just be too much for Revel Stoke on this occasion, uh, if Cormier does everything right, she she clearly is the one to beat, and the market expects that she will. She's about a dollar forty. Now the fourth is the uh, Tyrrell Colts and Gellings final. The Lost Storms won six from eight, a dollar seventy pot round about that at the moment. Off the second row, is that going to be a hassle? Um, I don't think it will be a hassle, but it's something to take into account because last week the semi-final that he won, he whipped around them pretty quickly, hit the front inside the mile, and he did his job uh, pretty fast and then dictate and dominate the race. There's a few extra horses in this race, or two extra, because there'll be one emergency not running. 
So a couple of extra horses to get around and slightly more depth. So he might be able to get there as quickly. He might have to sit park or have to work a bit harder to get around them. Uh, he should still be able to win, but I think perfect class um, may be an, a more of an advantage for perfect class this week than it was last week. Perfect class ended up taking the trail on the back of the lost storm and I thought stuck to his guns really well. Um, he's the only other horse I can see winning here is Perfect Class. The Lost Storm, very short. Uh, Perfect Class offers that little bit of value and probably will lead. And then at some stage, maybe, maybe look to take a trail behind the Lost Storm if he gets there at the appropriate time. So I don't think it's a one-horse race, but clearly the Lost Storm, in my mind, is the horse to beat. It is the best horse in the race, but the barrier draw, I think, really brings Perfect Class into it. Rock artist is ultra consistent and honest, but is it just that rung below the others? I think so. Uh, his effort was terrific in the semi-final. He made a long, sustained run, drawing outside the back row, and he just peaked with about 20 metres to go. Uh, that was the heat, uh, the, the semi won by Blake Bolak. And I think that the Lost Storms race was, was far superior as far as strength is concerned. He's going well, Rockardist. He's never finished further back than second. He may well do so again this time, but I think it's his toughest test. He certainly could run. He's my third pick. So, you know, I can't knock him. I just rated the Lost Storm and perfect class with its good barrier draw above him. Now, Dan, sometimes a name attracts you to a horse and it means so much. The Greyhound's the obvious as wow, she's fast and she's very, very fast. One I love is Tough Tilly because she is damn tough. It's amazing, really, because she's named after Tilly Wilkes, a young lady that's been suffering with EB, this terrible disease that I know listeners on, on RSN would have heard and we've documented it uh, through through Tough Tilly and the EB organisation and what Kate uh, Gath does and Ben Studd, who, who bred and owned this filly as well. Um, and the... The horse is named after the tough Tilly, tough Tilly Wilkes, but the horse itself has instilled this toughness into her as well. Her win last week was, it was just tremendous fight, a great will to win. It, it was, um, something that you could relate to the kids that suffer from this awful disease EB. Uh, and it's if she knew and she lifted to beat Tay Tay and she just had that fight in her eyes as she turned for home and, she won, and she'll probably have to do the same again against Doug's babe on this occasion, who looks likely to be able to lead from barrier number four. And she was very impressive last week. But uh, Tough Tilly just looked like a horse that would not settle for second best, and uh, I think she can win again. Um, she's just the favourite, but the betting has got it as a two-horse race, with Doug's babe likely to be able to lead. And then Tough Tilly, um, at some stage, is going to have to wear away at her. So I think they're your main two. Tay-Tay last week had her chance in front. Maybe she's better coming from behind. I haven't totally dismissed her as being a chance, but it's always a worry at this time of the year when some of these horses have been up for such a long time, whether they're going over the top. But I couldn't tip against Tough Tilly, Sean. And speaking of tough, you've got to give credit to Kate Gath. For those who don't realise, she's as tough as Teak as well. And jokes and says she runs for fun, but she ran the New York Marathon and raised about 20000 US for that cause as well, for the EB cause. And the other day, she'd uh, afterwards, she said, well, I blew out one toenail, the big one. <laughs> that was falling off. And I think a couple of others have come off since and joked and said, I'm walking around with socks and sandals on. It's a good look over Christmas. But, uh, yeah, she's as tough as Teak as well. And for those who, uh, yeah, we've mentioned it a lot, but those who aren't aware, just a wonderful, wonderful effort by a great lady to help out that young girl and everyone in that same situation. 
Oh, absolutely. Kate's a wonderful ambassador, and uh, you don't often get to see her beautiful uh, white or platinum-coloured hair, but you would have got a good chance to see it at Maryborough yesterday. She was having so much difficulty with her helmet. Um, I, I think it broke. The strap must have broken the run. <laughs> and at stages, I'm sure she couldn't see. Um, and then uh, she had to take it off halfway up the straight and put it in the dust sheet and got these beautiful flowing uh, <laughs> platinum blonde locks at the last 100 metres. Uh, it was amazing. And as soon as she did that, the horse just kicked away. So uh, it, it's ama- she's a, an incredible human being. She does so much. As an ambassador for Harness Racing, um, She's uh, I, I think she's number one. And this association yeah. got with Tough Tilly, it's very much a, a velvet brown, national velvet type <laughs> of uh, relationship. Yeah. Now, race six, the four-year-old trotting, the entires and the geldings. Is this, a, this looks a little bit more open, so there may be a couple of other chances. Yeah, three key chances and the barrier draw, uh, for Loxley Lover and Don't Care in particular. And Elder Baron Zeus is not the best barrier draw, but if he drawn the front line, I'm sure he would be a, a clear favourite. Uh, it is a good matchup. Um, so, uh, does Don't Care lead or Loxley Lover try to lead? That's the interesting battle in the early part. Uh, if Loxley Lover does uh, hold up in the early stages, Elder Baron Zeus would get a good run. But it'll be interesting for Chris Halford to try to decide at the start, do I stay where I am and try to follow through and get off or get off early? It's one of those races where I think if Elder Baron Zeus did hang back and try to go all the way around them, it's a far greater advantage for Loxley Lover and don't care. So Chris Halford, uh, he'll have a decision to make as, as far as his tactics are concerned in the first couple of hundred metres of the race, but he generally gets it right, doesn't he, Sean? Uh, look, I tipped don't care. I thought don't care was really impressive the way it won its heat. Uh, but again, I wouldn't want to see him sitting without cover as lo- if Loxley Lover holds him out. Naturally, if Don't Care was able to push on the lead, Loxley Lover would get the run of the race. And Rogue Gentleman, the three, I thought he was terrific last start, and he has got the gate speed. He's the one that could really force that issue in the early part. I think Chris Lang's had a bit of a job with him to try to get him to settle, but I thought he settled really well and stuck to his task uh, last time. Best I've seen him go. So uh, he's the... The one that's way over the odds that could surprise, uh, I think he's heading in the right direction, rogue gentleman, and he could throw in a bit of a spanner at the works if he does push the issue at the start, Chris Lang, and cross either of a Loxley lover or don't care. So I think there are four key chances, three primary chances. I'm going for don't care, but really there's not a lot between uh, Elder Baron Zeus, don't care, Loxley lover, and rogue gentleman could be, uh, could be the outsider you want to throw in as well. Now, the seventh is the four-year-old in tyres and geldings, and the pace is here. Major Moth had basically almost a year off. He's come back, put three together, and uh, Damien Wilson's quietly confident off the draw, and I reckon you will just lift out of that broadcast box if he kicks clear on the turn. Yeah, look, I've really been taken with Major Moth. His first up run, I thought, was was outstanding to have that amount of time off. He just reminded us of how good a two-year-old he was. And he his three-year-old season uh, was a bit indifferent, but he was carrying an injury at the time, and that was through the Derby series. And then he's had that long period off. And he's come back uh, as if the time has done him the world of good. Uh, He's he just got a, a bit of arrogance about him, a lot of quality and, a, and quite a lot of class. And that's been highlighted with his three runs back. He's had reasonably good barrier draws each time. He's been able to show more gate speed than I ever saw him show as a two-year-old or three-year-old. Uh, he's improved in lots of ways. He, he's quite a, 
when I say a beast, he's a beautiful beast to look at. He's such an impressive individual, and he's still on the up to my eye. Now, Better Eclipse is the horse that's been there and captured Group 1s, performed well at the top level. He's back in form. Really like the way Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars have, have almost nursed him through the, the latter part of the Inter-Dominion and then the, the heat and then semi-final to be spot on for this grand final. It, it, it's going to be a great race. Act Now has always been one of my horses, but it was a run from a tired horse in the semi-final last week. Unless there was something else that, you know, they've found out. Uh, but I, I think he's had a long prep, a hot prep, and he might be coming to the end of it. And even though he's shown he, he might be better suited, just driven cold, coming with one run, particularly if Major Moth and Better Eclipse put pressure to one another. But... Uh, yeah, I thought Ecknow's run last week. If this wasn't a Group 1 race, I expect that he would have gone to the paddock. So I think it's between Mates and Moth and Better Eclipse. Naratak Prince is the other one that's a blowout chance. Again, if they go hard, his run last week was terrific. I'm going Mates and Moth from Better Eclipse. I don't think there's going to be a lot to, uh, between them, and it's absolutely one of the highlights of the night. Now, the eighth is the three-year-old Colts and Gellings. I reckon early doors, this is going to be fascinating because he's Charlie's Angels drawn two, three catch a wave, and four, he's the son of a gun. Look, all the key chances uh, have drawn the front line and they've uh, drawn from, from one to five. Uh, it's far more of an advantage for Catch a Wave because he's such a quick beginner. We've seen him a couple of times draw the back row in a heat of uh, the uh, uh, derby and uh, he couldn't get into the race. And even last week in the semi-final, he couldn't get into the race. Fortunate for him, the top six qualified and he ended up running fifth. But he's a brilliant beginner, and he can run time. So this is his sort of race. Uh, he should fly across to lead, and uh, he'll be very hard to beat. But it'll be a short price favourite again, catch a wave. He's Charlie's Angels really going well. So is Hot Deal, and from their draws, they've got to be chances. Interest-free, he's very consistent. He's had a long prep, and I just thought it was a bit of a battling run last week. Good nonetheless. But the one that really jumped out of the ground was he's a son of a gun. He was outstanding last week, and he won the Group 1 last year on New Year's Eve, the two-year-old division. So he's back in that sort of form. He blew them away last week, running time. He was able to lead. Now, I doubt he could cross catch a wave, but he mightn't have to. He's way over the odds. Catch a wave, definitely the horse to beat, but I reckon he's a son of a gun. Um, he should be second favourite. He's not. He's, uh, he's double figures. So catch a wave, he's a son of a gun. He's Charlie's angel, interest-free and a hot deal. They're all the, the chances to run top four. So the barrier draws, I think, have got this one sorted out. Catch a wave can bounce back. He's very exciting. At his top, he's uh, he's uh, a bit uh, Captain Ravishing-like. He, he's got that aura about him, and uh, he might be able to show it from barrier number three. But I think he's the son of a gun. is a good bet each way. At the massive meeting at uh, Melton on New Year's Eve with Dan Malecki. Hey, Dan, I saw a tweet earlier on. Somebody was boasting. Now, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But they said early markets, they got 150 to 1 about joyful and it's now a dollar fifty, a dollar sixty. Well, that's. I think it's even shorter than that. I think it's a dollar fifteen. It's it's a uh, dollar. Yeah, it's a very very short price favourite. Trying to a dollar fifteen, it is. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Um, although I, I've been mentioning uh, Major Moth being a, a Hunter Cup 
chance for the last couple of weeks. And I thought, you know what, if I want to talk about it, may as well have a look and have something on it. And it was $31. I couldn't believe it um, that he'd be that sort of price. So every now and then, uh, it's worth just having a look and you can get some big overs. But um, you don't dilly-dally. He who hesitates is lost. And, yeah, good luck to the uh, uh, the people that got on joyful. But there's one thing you don't do. I mean, they've got to learn. They've got to learn. If you do get the, uh, the overs uh, in the pre-post, you don't talk about it and don't show everyone before the race, <laughs> do you? Afterwards is cool. <laughs> Beforehand, it's like an early crow. Oh, it is. Greatest way to get yourself beaten, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, joyful. Can anything beat or not? Uh, look, I, I think it's too short. Uh, based on the four runs it's had for Emma Stewart, it's the rightful favourite because it's got the barrier draw and it got the job done last week. I, I, I didn't think that it had links and links and links on its rivals, but clearly it's going well. At a dollar fifteen, what have you got to prove? Um, I, I've, I've tried to look for value outside of her. Sweet Bella is still untapped. She's out to a tremendous value. And the fact that Mark Pitt has taken the drive on Joyful over Sweet Bella... Um, suggests, and that, look, the draw's got a lot to do with that, suggests the Joyful should be able to lead and, and be able to dictate the race. I think Perfect in Pink, uh, she's going really well if you're looking for horses to back each way. No doubt Joyful is the one to beat, but at $1.15, it, it's inviting me to look for something else, whether it's Tequila Delight, who's still on the up. I thought her run last week was excellent. She's on the up. Sweet Bella's on the up. Uh, Joyful probably is in the sense that it's only had the four runs with Emma Stewart for four wins. So Joyful, sure, the horse to beat. Nothing to prove by tipping a $1.15 shot. Um, I think her stablemates, Tequila Delight, Sweet Bella and Perfect Pink, are all worth having something on. I don't think it's a one-horse race, but the betting market suggests mm. it is. Now, Dan, race 10, this is interesting because Berrettini is out, which means Cravash Dior will come in one. The man is going to be holding the reins behind uh, Cravash Dior is Nathan Jack. He's with us now. G'day, Nathan. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Now, straight to the front from that, or uh, what's the plan? Oh, that sounds easy. Hopefully it's that easy. <laughs> what, have you got a plan hatched out? Straight to the front. <laughs> That's the way the horse likes to race. Uh yeah, he can do it sort of anyway. He's very versatile. But um, when you got that sort of draw and your favoured runners, well, the more favoured runners are out the back, so we're going to get a big advantage over them. And um, sort of we've proven before that we can sit outside them and beat them. So it's going to be hard for them to to sort of change the, the result, the results in the draw. He's uh, he's developing to a pretty special uh, trotter, Nath. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's any chinks in his armour. He's got gate speed. He's certainly very tough. He's good over a short trip. He's good over a long trip. Is there something he can't do? A lot at the moment, Dan. I don't think no. And um, yeah, he's, um, yeah, he just keeps getting better and better, which is quite scary. And um, even I was speaking to Anton the other day, and he reckons his track work's got better again. So. Um, you know, it's starting to get pretty scary what he can do. Nathan, we were talking earlier on about a couple of other your drives, the locomotive in the second. I mean, short-priced favourite as well. You, you're supremely confident there? Um, well, look, it's going to be a bit harder from the back row door. And there's a few in it that's a bit of a query on a couple of them. So you can't be too confident. But uh, they're two-year-old trotters, but he's got the points on the board. 
He has got a great record. Um, the fact that he's won eight out of 11. I was impressed at Maryborough. It's funny, you know, you, you see a horse just cruise around and you had one of those days where everything you drove at Maryborough in the heats, they just seemed to cruise around, Nate. What, one of those sort of days you go to the office and, you know, it's a bit like Groundhog Day. Everything just gets slightly better as the day goes on. Um, but he was, re- he re- really looked good. I got an opportunity to have a good study of him and, you know, he's, he's a horse that, again, is hard to fault, but, this time, the back row barrier draw is the only negative that I can come up with, and it and may not be a negative, but it might take uh, a drive from... You've got to study this race with a B plan and a C plan and maybe a D plan, depending on how the race unfolds in front of you. Yeah, that's right, Dan. I don't think you can go into it with a plan at all, really, because, like I said, they're baby trotters and they can do anything wrong, but... Uh... You know, he's a winner. He likes winning. Um, and Maryborough, he didn't quite get the last turn that well. He got in a little bit and just got a little bit wrong. Um, so they've made a gear adjustment. But he's, he's been faultless as a rule, and um, I'm sure he'll be faultless again this week. But um, he's going to have to do work at some stage, whether he comes late or makes a mid-race move or, or what. That's sort of going to be all temporary related. But he, he's a great juvenile, and he's a great-looking horse, and I'm sure he's got the world at his feet. Now, Nathan, with Cool Meyer, you've got the perfect, the dream draw, one on the front there, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's right. She's drawn well, and uh, once again, a lot of the more fancy ones, well, the hardest ones to beat, I should say, have drawn the back row, but she's, she's a mare that's really stepped up, and her manners have, have been great of late. She's got good gate speed, so it's going to be hard for him to beat her if she gets everything right. She's the one that probably impressed me the most out of all of those uh, good trotters on that day at Maryborough, and particularly the ones that you drove. Initially, when she drew one, I thought, oh, you know, barrier one, she got crossed in the Breeders' Crown final. But going back to look at that race, she trotted really roughly in the in the lead-up and at the start of the race there, because generally she's a good beginner. And I, I thought at first, oh, she could be in danger. But the more I looked at it, Nathan, unless that was just... Uh, an aberration on that occasion. Um, she got tremendous gate speed, and because she, if, if she led this, I, I look personally, I can't see her getting beaten. Yeah, well, you've got a good eye, Dan, so I'm hoping you're right. But um, yeah, you're right. She's got great gate speed as a rule. I'm not too sure what happened that day. I didn't drive her on that occasion, but I have watched the replay and see she wasn't quite trotting as good as she usually does. But um, She's been very good lately and, and like you say, got out the gate great uh, last week and crossed Lindy's Love. So I think Lindy's Love's probably the quickest beginner off the front line, bar in mind. And um, like I said, I was able to cross her last week, so I can't see how she'll be able to cross me this week. Nathan, you've got uh, a great book of rides. What, uh, what's the pick of yours Saturday night? Are you able to single out one? Oh, Kravash Doy, he's hard to go past. He's a lovely horse and he's been a great horse for me and I love him. Um, yeah, look, he's sort of got the points on the board. But the locomotive's a horse that's pressed my heart as well. He, he's been a great juvenile, and you're just lucky to get on horses like that. And Maribyrnong, you've got about a 44% strike rate there. It's unbelievable. Well, that must be thanks to Anton. He must have a pretty good strike rate. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to get a bit of credit for it. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're just passing me on some of that. <laughs> just sit on, close your eyes, and enjoy the drive. That's it. Is there a pick this afternoon at Maribyrnong where we can get a little bank to build up on for Saturday night? Uh, I thought Rohan was a lot better last week, and I think he'd be better again. He was he was quite good first up, and then he made a mistake second up. Uh, better again, I think. Yeah, I think he'd be better again this week. Um, one of Chris Lang gets into it pretty good. It'll be hard to beat, but it's first up as well. But 
I think he, he sort of he gets his chance today. I reckon. Do you get a chance to have a break at all? I went to the cricket yesterday. That was a break. Yeah, what do you think of it? Oh, it was pretty boring, really. But <laughs> I had to go for the day out. Well, good luck, good luck to Savo. Good luck Saturday night, too. It's a great night of racing at Milton. Thanks very much for your time, guys. Good on you. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan Jack. Got a great book of, of, of drives, hasn't he, Dan? Yeah, particularly the Trotters, and he has, mm. uh, with his association with Anton Galino, but obviously with Wayne Potter as well. He's a great driver of um, paces as well, but it's just the strength in his drives and the trotting ranks that really stand out. Uh, and, um, well, he, he'll have three really good Group 1 winning chances. That's the thing. Every race is a Group 1. It's, it's a big night. Every race is just as important as the other. Uh, so it makes it oh so exciting for everybody involved, uh, the owner, uh, the breeder, because they're Vic Breads and there are bonuses, and obviously the, the trainer and the driver. I mean, the, these are the races that you want to win. When you've got a horse that's Vic Bred, this is the race that you want to win. And if they win that, then you might think of the Hunter Cups and Inter Dominions. Now, the 11th is the three-year-old Phillies final, and Cypher just doesn't seem to do anything wrong of late, and she's drawn one. Yeah, and she should be winning again. She's got a picket fence next to her name. I thought the only real danger would be Amore Vita because she found in Mojo last week and uh, she might offer uh, some uh, threat to Encypher. But from barrier number one, she's got the gate speed. I think to keep out Relentless Me, if Relentless Me drew out wider, it could be different. But she should be winning again in Cypher. And the final event, Visionary, again, the, the odds on pop, it's drawn one. Beautifully for Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs. Yeah, she's a top liner in the making, Visionary, and I'd be very surprised if she didn't win this. All right, Dan, 12 Group 1s, what are the best? Well, probably 11 or 12 of the favourites. Now, Dan, just get your best again for Saturday night. Uh, there's a lot of shorties there, and rightly so, but of all the shorties, I thought Hide and Seek race two, number five. I think it's black and white figures anyway. I think the advantage is the front row draw, the main danger being the locomotive on the back row. So race two, number five, Hide and Seek. Um, I think Tough Tilly can win. She's just odds on, but I was so impressed again with that attitude and that will to win uh, last week. So she's race five, number 10. And my value play will be, son. he's the son of a gun, race eight, number four, is $11 at the moment. Um, so I think each way, or even if you structured the better dollar a win, $4 a place ratio, I think he'll give you a great sight, notwithstanding catch away the horse to beat with the better gate. But uh, it's one of those nights, it's very easy to take long all-ups, five and six and seven-legged all-ups, and you may well get them. There's so many quality horses, uh, and what a night it'll be. 5.29, the first of 12, all 12 group ones. Good on you, Dan. Good calling. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean. Dan Malecki.